Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about how this could be a difficult winter. The pandemic is raging, and at the same time, the pandemic is on the verge of running its course. Because the Omicron variant is mild, the impact on our society and our healthcare system is also going to be mild. At the same time, we're seeing record numbers of infections being reported in hospital. These numbers can be misleading. The U.S. numbers mirror the experience of other countries, like, for example, the United Kingdom. Fully half of the people in hospital with COVID showed up in hospital for something else and were subsequently tested positive for COVID. The Omicron variant is not serious enough by itself to bring the world to a halt. That is, except for one thing. Because this virus, barely more virulent than a common cold, has been sequenced, it carries with it that dreaded COVID-19 brand name. And therefore, it's a disease that has to be stopped at all costs. Problem is, it can't be stopped. If you have it, it's your social responsibility to self-isolate and make sure you don't give it to someone else. If you imagine that virtually everyone in North America is going to be exposed to Omicron over the next four to six weeks, then you can count on almost everyone being out sick for an average of a week. This will result in an immediate reduction of the national workforce by somewhere between 10 to 15 percent on any given day. In fact, we're currently seeing large amounts of employee absence in all industries. The World Health Organization came out publicly and stated yesterday they expect 50% of Europeans to become infected with COVID-19 over the next several weeks. It's actually astounding that the WHO is so far behind in reporting what's been evident for more than a month. By now, you probably know more than half a dozen people or more who are sick with Omicron or have recently recovered from it. In my case, I know at least a dozen who are currently infected with it. Now, to be clear, I have not had contact with any of them. These absences can be expected to continue well into the remainder of January and the first half of February. But a 15% reduction of the national workforce is not going to result in a 15% reduction of economic output. Imagine that the outbreak is concentrated in a single department within a business. While that single department is a small percentage of the entire company, you can expect that single department will experience critical manpower shortages and potentially cripple the company's ability to ship anything during the period of that absence. Admittedly, what I'm describing is a bit of a worst-case scenario. Many businesses are currently reporting staff shortages of somewhere between 5 to 10%. But that still is enough to cripple some businesses where critical skills are concentrated in a small number of individuals. There's not enough time for cross-training and backfilling of staff with an unplanned absence. We've heard stories of senior executives shipping product on the loading dock when the entire shipping department was out sick. In my home city, with a population of a million people, the numbers of people in hospital with COVID is not extraordinary. There are a total of 54 people in hospital with six in intensive care. Less than half of those who presented to the hospital system presented for COVID. Hospitals reporting 126 people in total have tested positive for COVID, but only 54 are there because of COVID. And that mirrors the experience elsewhere in the world. Those numbers are not enough to overwhelm the healthcare system. But what is stressing the system is the number of hospital staff who are out sick with COVID or are self-isolating because they came in close contact with someone who was infected. The numbers and infectivity are so high it's impossible to know how many people actually have the disease. Those who have mild symptoms are being instructed not to use precious testing resources and to reserve the test for those who are connected to the healthcare system. So the actual number of cases is far in excess of the officially reported numbers. Over the next two months, we're going to continue to experience acute supply chain shortages across a wide array of products. China has shut down major regions of the country to limit the spread of the disease as they prepare to host the Winter Olympics. Further supply chain disruptions will result from China's attempt to create a COVID-free environment for the Olympics. 
So this means we're going to continue to see rising prices as customers compete and bid up the price for increasingly scarce supply. At the same time, we're also going to see a decline in GDP. This gives rise to the so-called stagflation that rarely occurs, but is theoretically possible whenever an artificial constraint on economic output hampers the functioning of a free market economy. We are certain to see Q1 as a quarter of economic contraction. Big question is whether that's going to persist beyond the first quarter. If you remember earlier last week, I went out on a limb to predict that we're likely to witness the current outbreak of Omicron as the end of the pandemic within a matter of weeks. I predicted the pandemic as we know it will be behind us by the end of February, and I'm standing by that prediction. But that doesn't mean we won't experience economic hardship during the next two to three months. It's going to take time after the normalization of staff and workflow for the backlog to get caught up. We can therefore expect at least six months of supply chain disruptions resulting from shortages in manufacturing. And those shortages will also sit on top of the shortages that are caused by transportation disruptions. That's going to take even longer to normalize. We're now starting to see new international restrictions being imposed by governments for commercial transportation carriers. That's going to even further impede supply chains. And quite frankly, these restrictions don't make any sense. When you have more than a million cases a day, that is according to the official numbers, keeping out a handful of truckers from crossing the border between Canada and the U.S. or Mexico and the U.S. just because they may not be vaccinated, when you've got close to 100 million Americans who are not vaccinated, that's not going to change the course of the pandemic. And while we're able to see the sunset of the pandemic, we're not quite yet at the sunset of this economic disruption. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.